The opinions expressed on questions you didn't ask are those of the individual participants and do not reflect those of their respective employers and institutions. Welcome back to Questions You Didn't Ask and the series In the Weeds. Health Equity and the Cannabis Conundrum with our guest, Leo Bridgewater Sr., as we dive into the complex intersection of health equity and cannabis. Let's get back into the conversation. I want to I want to talk about, you know, this term that's been buzzing around our conversation. Uh-huh. So, you know, when we talk about cannabis legalization, mm. it resonates with restorative justice. Mm. And based on my research, I learned that restorative justice. This is for me and my audience just to kind of ground us. I know you already know this. So restorative justice is a set of principles and practices that create a different approach to dealing with crime and its impacts. Restorative justice practices works to address the dehumanization frequently experienced by people in traditional criminal justice systems. And I'm sure that there's a whole lot more that can be said about restorative justice. But, you know, some of what you were just talking about in terms of, you know, the hemp industry, Mm -hmm. what we were talking about in terms of, you know, employment opportunities, in terms of the laws that, you know, are getting passed, the creativity around that, it connects directly with restorative justice. What role, I mean, we use these terms, but I want to know from you, like, Mm-hmm. How does this play out in your work? Like this, this ideal, this, these practices and these policies to try to address, you know, these issues of dehumanization that comes from being involved with the justice system. So you have to, under, you like, there's, there's what I, what I do is, um, I'm, I'm again, I did multiple tours in Iraq and Afghanistan. We talked about it, but mm-hmm. I am very comfortable with being uncomfortable, you know? Mm-hmm. And so, you know how I'm always like, yeah, we're going to have this conversation. Okay, fine. And all of us going to have to get naked up in this mother. You know what I'm saying? We're going we to so we talk about it. Let's talk about it. Okay. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I always, you know, I always say, you know, first people need, you know, white folks need to understand that black owned doesn't mean black only. And what they're saying, you know, like, because if you listen right now, when you look at white folks, because again, you're asking the black guy in this movie. You know what I'm saying? And right now, you know, uh, you see things that I, 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 I forget all this. I'll just give you the perfect example of what we're dealing with. We're dealing with uh, white fragility here. Okay. okay. So let's talk about white fragility. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And how this is retarding a lot of progression here. Mm-hmm. Okay. The number one example of the single greatest nightmare for a lot of white folks, especially older white folks, Jerry Jones, the owner of the Dallas Cowboys. Remember what happened to him like a year ago or something like that? Remember that picture of him that popped up from him being at that? Oh, yeah. Uh, Arkansas, and they were letting the kids, yes. the, the black kids go to school and stuff like that. Okay. Mm-hmm. And he was a in lot, the picture. Exactly. Taunting. A lot right. of those people. That's what that that's that's what they're trying to hide. That's number one. Mm-hmm. And then think mm-hmm. about how Jerry Jones's kids, grandkids, and great grandkids must be feeling or thinking. 
Do they that really is care? What, do you think they didn't know? Do the no no no, no 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 no. It's not that whether or not they did or didn't know. It's the fact that we all now. It's know. the embarrassment. Exactly. Okay. Right. Everybody else know. Okay. Exactly. Right. I got you. It's mm-hmm. right now there. you can't hide. Yeah, yeah. Right. And then what about the ones who don't know what my mom and papa was doing? Mm-hmm. You, know, you understand what I'm saying? With with with, with mm-hmm. grandma and papa, you know what I'm saying? Or me, ma and papa, you know what I'm saying? Imagine, you know, sitting there looking at an old picture of a hanging black person or anything like that. You know what I'm saying? And then you look down and at you the look down. smiling, and then you see your grandmother smiling, like, what the f-? yeah. Holding your mama in yeah, her arms. Hold, yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And smiling. Picnic. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and figuring out what the term picnic comes from. Mm-hmm. You, you understand what I'm saying? So it's like, yo, mm-hmm. like, and then, and and you know, like, again, that's why we were like, yo, the caucasity. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So it's like, yo, hey, let's take a look at this. I mean, look, you can go in the Capitol building, in the Capitol Rotunda, right? Mm-hmm. And there are statues of people who tried to take this country down. There are mm-hmm. Confederate statues. There are people who are from the Confederacy in there. Fort Bragg, Fort mm-hmm. Hood in Texas. Mm-hmm. Those were all Confederate ger- generals. Right. Fort Bragg is Fort Liberty now, I think. Mm-hmm. It changed. Okay. Yeah. See what I'm saying? Like, yeah. Like, 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 think about this. Who names a military installation after a defeated army general who tried to take over your country? Right. You know what I'm saying? When you look at all those statues and everything like that, remember how people was pissed off and they were saying it's not, it's it's heritage and all that stuff mm-hmm. and everything like that. Do you know what those statues got put up? Mm-hmm. Like in the early 1900s. Mm-hmm. In you, you like 40s and 50s and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, like all that. Like, come on. And what are we always told? We're told to, you know, like get over it. Get can't you mm-hmm. get past it? You know what I'm saying? They mm-hmm. say that to us in one instance, but then in another instance, they tell us never to forget 9-11 and never again the Holocaust. Mm-hmm. Can't have it both ways, but they do. They but manage they do. to do it. Yes, yes. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And somehow or another, you know, I'm supposed to figure out like, huh? You know what I'm saying? So right. it's like, you know what? And and it's like, okay, hold on. Because I've done what I I've done my part to to be able to speak the way that I'm speaking, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Yes, I actually and I and I said this to I said this to Chris Christie one time. I told him I said, "Hey, first five words out of your mouth should be thank you for your service because I did something for your wife and kids that your fat ass wouldn't do." And he, yeah, you right, thank you for your service, and shook my hand. I promise you, thank you for your service, Leo. Yep, yep. that's what he said. I was like, "Oh, in my honor," right. but I'm, I'm saying, saying it. I'm yeah, saying it. Yeah, okay. thank you. My honor. But I'm I'm just saying, right. you know, like it was like that was like, you know, and I said just because we're 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 generals in two different armies at some point or another, we still gonna have to talk. You know what I'm saying? And I got the mm-hmm. pen that he used to sign the bill and stuff. You see what I'm saying? Same That's thing awesome. with yeah, same thing with uh, uh Governor Murphy. I got that pen too when he expanded mm-hmm. and and we did the Jake Honig act, you know. So I I bring a perspective that it has to make people go, hold up, wait, yeah. Uh, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. I, I did that. Mm-hmm. I, I was talking with a senator one day, and Naisha, I swear to God, we were going back and forth. I mean, we was having a real, you know, real spirited conversation, right? But at a certain <laughs> point, you know, at a certain point, you know, we were talking, and he was saying something to me, and I caught this part, this part of his nose went up. 
like just ever so slightly, and I caught it. I mm-hmm. caught it you know, when I mm-hmm. saw it, like, Ugh. and I was like, <gasps> and I and I I did just like that. I said, oh, holy, sh-, you know, ish. Oh, I know what this is. And he looked at me, and I said, "Oh, you dirty mother!" And he was, and he was like, "What are you talking about?" And I said, "You think I'm an addict? That's what this mm. is. You think you think I'm an addict? Like I, yeah, sure. Leo is 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 sitting here, and Leo speaks so well, and so well spoken. Mm-hmm. That means." Mm-hmm. But all I am is just a high functioning addict to you. But I'm an addict, an addict nonetheless. Mm. <sighs> I, I like it took it like and and mind you, this had to be like the fiftieth conversation I've had with this guy, and the fiftieth argument mm-hmm. at the same time. But this is the first mm-hmm. time I caught it, caught it. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And I, that's when I realized like this is what I've been dealing with. Even for my own people, and mind you, this guy was one of our own people. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. I, I like remember I said black church people and all that. That's what mm-hmm. this, I was like, holy crap! Y'all think we're addicts? Like you put me in a sick. They literally pigeonhole me in the same category mm-hmm. as like heroin and crack and cannabis. Like we're all in that. That's what Just they like, think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we're the we're all the same to them. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. That's how they. That's how they see it. And they don't want to say it, you know what I'm saying? And that's not just white folks, but that's black people too. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so I got mad. And I was like, you know what? I said, you know what? You know everything there is to know about me. You know what I do. I don't know nothing about what, what's going on, what you do. So how about this? How about this? Because I like to swing the big stick early. And, and Naisha, when I tell you I was pissed, I was pissed. Okay, because I came to this realization. Mm, I sound like it. In. Yeah, and he was standing there like this too, you know, because he saw me. I was he's like smoke is coming out of my ears. Like I was so mad. Like I couldn't believe. Like how long have I been walking around not realizing you think I'm a addict? Like oh my god. And I I said okay. I tell you what. I tell you what. See, I like to swing the big stick early. How about this? How about this? Yeah, everybody that work for the state tomorrow morning, they come to work, they got to take a piss test. I want to know who worked for me. Mm. What? Mm. See how deep it is? You want to go deep? Mm-hmm. How about this? Everybody that just work in the state house. Everybody that work in the state house got to take a piss test tomorrow. I want to see who worked for me. Now what? And you know what he did? <laughs> He got so mad. He just turned around and walked away. <laughs> yeah, he wasn't trying to deal with you. He wasn't trying to deal with you. But look, on that level, though, you mm. know, I think it's important for us to start to draw some distinctions, right? And talk about the trauma, yeah. the dehumanization, yeah. you know, the experiences that, and, and, and let's be clear, cannabis mm. does not just treat trauma but it is one of the things that is helpful to people who have PTSD post-traumatic mm-hmm. stress disorder right and so talk to us about some of the trauma that you know you know of you know in terms of people that are in the military people who are veterans right you may have even in your walk of advocacy alongside folks that are formerly incarcerated the trauma that they're experiencing mm-hmm 
those who are wrongfully accused and whether they're exonerated or not, even if they are exonerated, a lot mm -hmm. of times these populations, again, are black and brown. So yep, can you talk absolutely. a little bit more about the context in which people might look at you and judge and think you're an addict, but you say, no, this is medicine. This is helping yes. me. Yes. Not so, pop off, right? Absolutely. You, you, and and I, I'm going to keep it all the way a buck. You used to not be able to say this, but you probably know more people who smoke weed than don't. Now, mm -hmm. fastest growing demographic of cannabis consumers right now, old people. Mm. That's the fastest growing demographic. Okay. You know, the the most targeted demographic is women, particularly like the stay-at-home moms and the career women and all that, because they're mostly the decision makers in the household. Mm. And you, you know, and they spend the most money, you know what I'm saying? So a lot of them are looking for an experience. And what you're really going to start to see is once consumer education catches up. That right now, it's too many people who can't make the distinction, don't know. It's still it's, it's still novelty and everything like that. In the future, you're not even going to notice it. Like, you don't notice liquor stores. You know what I'm saying? Like you, And when I say don't notice, meaning, like, a liquor store is just as regular to you as a bodega or a pharmacy. Mm -hmm. You know what mm -hmm. I'm saying? Uh, dispensaries, you know, retail locations, you, you're, you're not going to notice them. You're not going to mm -hmm. notice retail locations. You're not going to notice, like, you don't notice, uh, uh, you don't really pay attention to bars. You know, they're there, but you don't pay attention to them. Those will be your consumption lounges and stuff like that. So that's what that that that's where we're headed in terms of the, the cannabis consumption. But then when you talk about dealing with trauma, there's two types. Well, there, well PTSD, there's direct and indirect. You know, direct PTSD is something happened to me. Indirect mm -hmm. is when I witnessed something happen. Mm -hmm. Okay. You know, like I was shot or I saw someone get shot, you know. Um, and and so one of the things, one of the interesting things is my co-host on the Smoking Heroes podcast is a, a former uh, professional football player. His name is Eugene Monroe, you know, born mm -hmm. and raised in, in Plainfield, New Jersey, was the number one high school uh, recruit went to UVA and then was drafted in the first uh, top 10 in the first round by the Jacksonville Jaguars and then retired with the Baltimore Ravens. And he and I, we have all these great conversations. And I remember what I loved about Gene was Gene was like one of the first professional football players who let me ask my questions, you know, like mm -hmm. questions I always wanted to ask, you know, and I, I, you know, and I, 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 yeah, he was like, that was the first open. questions you didn't ask. Yeah, like, like, <laughs> yeah, yeah the questions, yeah, yeah. And I was getting them, like, hey, you know, like, hey, do y'all talk about this, like, amongst each other, like, we talk about it? Because mm -hmm. that, 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 that CTE and TBI be looking the same, you know what I'm saying? To what me. is CTE and TBI? So, uh, CTE is the, uh, Something thermal epilepsy, something like it's the degeneration of the brain from taking ah. so many hits. The that that um ah. football players like Junior Seau and all them, right? Yeah, yeah, they're having problems because their brains are are literally degenerating. You know what I'm saying? Um, right. And then uh, TBI is traumatic brain injury. So a lot of us who were right, like growing right, right. up in the in the Humvees or anything like that. You know, we've all suffered TBI, 
you know, and so mm. the effects, you know, and so like I would like when I was talking to him, I was asking like, hey, man, y'all talk about this like we do. And just like how you just he was like, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. he was shaking his head. He was like, yes, we do. And I was like, for real. And then we just started like trading notes, you know, like what, you know, like, what is it like for you? Da, 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 da. You know, he's like, I watch him. You know, he's still dealing with things, you know, sleep schedules mm. still off. He has still got a lot of things that he got to deal with, you know what I'm saying? And he's no longer playing. And we both found cannabis to be the thing to help us get through it. But what we mm. also realized, what was also therapeutic was being able to have somebody to talk to. Mm-hmm. And so we quickly realized, you know, like, you know, some of these conversations were good. You know what I'm saying? Right. And it was so good that we were like, we need to get on, we need to get in front of the camera and we need to start talking about this because we figured out that veterans and professional football players have a whole lot more to talk about than a hug and a flyover before a game. And so awesome. that, yeah. And so that was the thing because again, I, I pride myself. Naisha. one of the things that I pride myself on is I truly pride myself on being the reason why you don't give the veteran the microphone. Cause I'm a saint. <laughs> I'm going to tell it. I'm going to stay at all. If you don't want people yeah, to know the truth, you don't, right. You don't, yeah. don't, like, not, like, you don't want to give me the microphone because I will say it, and I do. Yeah. I do. Yeah. I give it all, you and do. I give it to you. Yeah, and and I always say I use time-appropriate language. To me, you know, because I'm a cusser, you know what I'm saying? And sometimes, you know, like, people are like, do you have to cuss? Yeah, because you know what? It's, it's Do you see all this stuff coming? Look, right. Do you remember when Obama first came into office? Do you remember what, other than the housing market crashing and everything like that? Do you remember what disaster he was also having to deal with? Do you remember? I'm sorry. It, it was remember when that that oil pipeline that pipe uh, busted <gasps> in the Gulf of Mexico and it kept spilling uh, out all that oil. And right. remember how day after day after day after day they kept showing the, the underwater mm. camera and showing that 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 thing yes. stealing all that oil. And remember how Obama was like, yes, in the beginning he was like, yes, we have all emergency services or we're going to work hard to get this done and da 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 da. But by like the tenth day, he was like, this why I clean this ish up right now. I'm sick of this. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. Yeah, because yeah. sometimes the curse word is the only appropriate and, word. And, I mean, it, after and, you've had it up to here, right, yeah. And it wasn't <laughs> until he started snapping on folks, and mm. he, it wasn't until my mom used to say he went on Snap Station. It, it, it wasn't until he went on when he went on Snap Station. You Ooh. know what I'm saying? He that was when they, everybody started moving. You know what I'm saying? And so. I, you know, like I, I'm, I'm a firm believer in being on Snap Station. Sometimes I think Snap Station get people working. You know what I'm saying? Get people moving. You know, like how them drill sergeants used to tell us, "You better range walk before I throw a rock at you." Oh boy, <laughs> I don't even know what that is, but that sounds terrible. You got to walk fast. They call it range walking. Walk yeah, you got to walk with a purpose. And if you don't walk, if you don't look like you walking with a purpose, and and they call it at a high rate of giddy up, I'm gonna throw a rock at you. <laughs> Okay, Joe. That's trauma already. Hey, that's how it worked. <laughs> right, right. But sometimes you gotta let people know. 
Right, right. So, yeah. So, I mean, we, we and that's interesting because I was going a whole, you know, formerly incarcerated route. I think everybody could imagine how traumatic and dehumanizing that is. Mm. And we talk about football players and, and how violent the sport is. I'm a football plan, fan, you know, but there is that conundrum. But, I, you know, how mm. often do we draw that parallel between the CTE brain injuries and the of football players yep. to the TBI brain injuries that of veterans. Yep. So and y'all got to listen to smoking heroes. Yeah. it's it, And and listen, we're like, we talked to other people and everything like that, you know, again, mm-hmm. you know, and, and, and some of these stories, I mean, again, you know, like you see how, you know, the illegality of the plant. Mm-hmm. See, that's the thing. And, mm-hmm. and remember I told you, you know, like, it's like, this baby been on on this breast this whole time, breastfeeding here. And mm-hmm. what we got to do is we got to get them off of this one and put them onto this one. You know what I'm saying? And that's mm-hmm. hard because this baby been on here for a long time. And then we're trying to get it over here. You know what I'm saying? Like, I I, 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 I got to get metaphorical in order mm-hmm. for, for, for folk to understand the seriousness of it all. Because again, this has been going on for years. We're behind, and yeah. to what degree? In our again, our understanding of this is where we're behind. You know, what I'm saying I did a thing in New York, and the 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 moderator, a woman named Thunder Walker, okay. beautiful name. Yeah, homegirl. You know, black African American woman, hair out to here. Okay, she's yes. like 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 way out here, mm-hmm. and. She was asking me some questions, and I'm looking in the crowd, right? Crowd. And I'm looking at these people in the crowd, Naisha, and I'm like, I'm like, hold on. I know a few people, but I could, you, I'm, I'm, I'm at a stage in my career now where I could look at somebody and I could tell, like, ooh, you, you, are, you in this, you in the business, you, you know, I know okay. what they look like. I, I can tell. I can tell. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And so, but she's asking me questions and she's talking to me. And asking me things from like 20, 2017. You know what I'm saying? She's asking me 2017 and 2018 questions. You know, and I said okay. to her, Yeah, and I said to her, I said, I said, hold on. I said, th- I said, Thunder, listen, I'm looking at this crowd, and these people are here for instruction. You mm. ask me questions from 2017 and 2018. You know what I'm saying? And that is not what this crowd is. These people, uh-huh. these are people who came here to figure out what piece of paper do I need to fill out on Monday so that mm-hmm. I can get things going right now. You know what right. I'm saying? And, and, and I said, you got to know your, your audience and exactly where you are. You know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? And she, she was like, you know what, Leo? Thank you. So I was like, yeah, because these are business owners here. Mm. and they, they they already know the answer you know what i'm saying like they know the answers mm-hmm. to these questions they don't need to hear me say it again you know what i'm saying right. but what they do need to know is they need to know that you can go on down to the business action center or you can go to uh, nj.gov to the state department's business action center and then you can fill out the paperwork to get the the application for the grant that'll get you business 101 102 courses you can do this you, you see what i'm saying like yeah. that was what they was wanting to like, and they was like, and then now I'm looking at people, and now you know what they started doing? They started pulling out their phones and recording. You ah, know why? See, because that's the different. Infor- yeah, because the information 
It was so much and it was coming so rapidly that no mm-hmm. one could write that. So they had to record me saying it so that they get it. And I used to, and I started, that's when I started telling people like, hey, listen, before we get started, pull out your phone, put it on camera, hit record. We about to have us a moment. Right. Yeah. Go ahead. So along those lines, you know, because I was doing a little homework. I hope it was, you know, 2018 plus, you know, but I was doing a little homework. Mm. <laughs> and so it came a time in my homework where economic justice kept popping up. And we've been talking about this already. Good. Right. Good. So so economic justice, just for my audience, is aligned with restorative justice, health equity and social justice. The American Bar Association defines economic justice based on Article 22 of the Universal Declaration of Human Rights, which states that everyone as a member of society is entitled to realization of the economic, social and cultural rights indispensable for his dignity or her dignity and the free development of his or her personality. Mm -hmm. So just to give you some additional context in terms of where we at Mm -hmm. as it relates to economic justice in 2019, the American bar association reported that in the United States, which remains the largest economy of the world Mm -hmm. with GDP over 20 trillion in 2018, the U S census bureau reports the number of people in poverty in 2018 was 38.1 million. And the official poverty rate was 11.8%. The burden of poverty is crushing to anyone impacted, right? But it falls unevenly as evidenced by the poverty rate of children, the disabled, and those without a high school diploma. Poverty rates by race in 2018 were non-Hispanic whites, 8.1%, Blacks, 20.8%, Hispanics, 17.6%, and Asians, 10.1%. In 2018, of those in poverty, 45.3%, an astonishing 17.3 million people met the Census Bureau definition for deep poverty. So when we talk about this business, And when I start, you know, listening to, you know, your soldiers in the trenches, right? The people alongside you that are doing this work, especially that look like us. Right, right. They're talking about how expensive it is to get into the business. They're talking about how it is an avenue for economic justice, but there are certain laws and stipulations, at least on the state level, or maybe even county or lower municipal levels that are restrictive financially to black people getting access to capital and to be able to become, you know, a legitimate business person in the cannabis industry. Can you talk a little bit more about that? Yeah. All right. Here's, here's what I used to get fired up about and still do when I think about it now, every now and again, remember during COVID, you know, mm-hmm. remember when they were giving out the PPE loans and all that stuff, yeah. and then there was all that stuff. Okay, guess what? Cannabis businesses did not qualify for any of that stuff. We didn't qualify for any of that stuff, but guess what? Y'all damn sure gonna make sure you ask us to help pay that back. Y'all gonna ask us to help, y'all gonna make us help pay that stuff back, and we ain't even get none of it. Mm. Imagine how so imagine how we must feel. 
we still got 280e where we have to pay like we can't even claim none of the things that we actually put our money towards to actually run our business we can't even use we can't even claim that on our taxes so we getting killed wow. yes like we getting killed okay you know like this business is so not for the faint of heart you know what mm-hmm. i'm saying and it's not even so much like black people it's just people period you got a lot of people a lot of white folks a lot of hispanic folks everybody like it's not this is not for the faint of heart do you know what like a retail business you need somewhere between four to seven million dollars when you think about cannabis retail or cannabis retail you need somewhere between four to seven million dollars in today's economy now wow yep that's a whole lot of money yeah, it is. You know what I'm saying? But legal in New Jersey, you know what legal wholesale cannabis is going for by the pound in New Jersey? You know what I'm no saying? Idea. Between, Tell me. Thir- between $33 and $3,800 a pound. Okay? And some re- you got a lot of retailers who's flipping that pound for like $9,600, $9,800, just under ten grand On a pound. Mm. You know what it is in, in California? A pound mm-hmm. of weed is probably going for a wholesale price of a pound. Some premium weed probably get you, you probably get it for about $800. Mm. But the market is tanked. It's oversaturated. It's everything. And see, mm. before there was a social equity component to how things worked in California, they mm-hmm. had they had already, uh, they had already, uh, um, uh, doled out a number of they already issued a bunch of licenses thousands of them you mm-hmm. know what I'm saying before a social equity component was a part of the equation mm-hmm. you see what I'm saying so by the time black people black and brown people but I'm just going to keep it at black people by the time mm-hmm. we decided to get in the game the market was already saturated they had already a whole bunch of you know dispensaries in place okay mm-hmm. we coming in day one from the rip once adult use came and we got ourselves written into the law from the rip. So for us, it's it's more of a floor than it is a ceiling. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? That's the difference. I have to try to stop people sometimes, in particular here on the East Coast and everything like that. I got to tell people, uh-uh, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Stop talking like you from like California. We ain't got them mm-hmm. problems. A lot of the elements that made up those numbers being the way that they are and everything like that, that's half that's half that stuff is illegal here. No. Mm, okay. No. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Now, some of that, like, like, like a lot of that stuff is still access to capital has always and still is a problem. You see what I'm saying? But again, I'll mm-hmm. ask you, I'll say this to you. I'm gonna ask you straight up, real quick, okay? Real quick, okay. If black operators, such as myself and my partner, Eugene, right, if we mm-hmm. had the full backing of the African-American church, if we had oh, 100%, wow. um, if we had 100% access to uh, assets and resources of the black church, if we had 100% access to assets and resources of the African American Chamber of Commerce. If we had 100% access to the assets and resources of the NAACP, are you telling me, do you really think that access to capital will still be a conversation for us? 
Mm-hmm. Do you really think, mm-hmm. do you think that we would have a problem here? Mm. You're talking about restorative justice and everything like that, and that's mm-hmm. wonderful, but you, your situational awareness has to realize, it's got to point you in the direction of you do realize everything that you are talking about, as good as it sounds, it is in direct conflict with the poverty pimping that's been going on for generations. Poverty pimping, y'all. Y'all heard it here from Bill Bridgewater. Yup, and mind you, a lot of those poverty pimps look just like me and you. Remember when I told Mm. you sometimes our own can be the worst kind. Now, Mm. you can, I know you already know who that is. You know what I'm saying? Mm. I already know you know who that is. You know what I'm saying? That's what, and it's that is the type of thing that turns the younger generation, uh, turns them off to this older generation. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And turns them on to people like Donald Trump. They like that. Oh, right. That's mm. why they like that. That's why they, you know, when Donald mm. Trump was there, they don't even realize what he's doing, what he really doing. Mm-hmm. All mm-hmm. I know is, is that when Donald Trump was the president, we were seeing money, bruh. Mm-hmm. No. Mm-hmm. But they, there's no, there's, but look at, but the evidence speaks for itself, Your Honor. That's how they seeing it, you know, and not realizing that, yo, you're, you're, how, come on now, Naisha, how are you gonna have three generations of people living in the same projects? Mm-hmm. More than that. Yeah, I'm just not I'm to mention trying, the multiple generations trying. that wind up in prison together. Exactly. You got fathers and sons, mothers and daughters doing prison time together. Like, damn. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, and and, and and mind you, you know what I'm saying? Let's let's not talk, let's not forget. It's not just that, but we also at war all the time. Mm-hmm. And I'm talking about as a country. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm, like mm-hmm, we're mm-hmm. at one point we were fighting two war, we were fighting war on two different fronts. Iraq and Afghanistan. Mm-hmm. Before that, you had you had uh, uh, Saddam in them in in the in the nineties, uh, and then you mm-hmm. had Noriega. You know what I'm saying? Do mm-hmm. you realize that in this entire country's existence, this country has known less than twenty years of peace in wow. the entire existence of this country? We have been we uh, for all of twenty years, not consecutive years, just twenty in total. Twenty dispersed. Years of, yes. We have only known less than 20 years. We have we have not been in conflict. In some wow. sort of conflict as a country, war is what we do, is what we're good at. That's the reason mm. why there's a reason why you don't have, you know how they want the 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 the, the gun laws and all that stuff and everything like that. You mm. know why that is? You know what I'm saying? Because do you not realize that if we got all billions of guns out on the streets and in every home in America and everything like that. You do realize that's a deterrent for a country who thinks about invading us. Mm. I never thought about it like that before. Please, if but it think, makes sense. Hell yeah! Could you could you imagine if that red you know that movie? Remember that movie Red Dawn? Could you imagine that, that when they when they dropped the Russians invaded the U.S. and they had the kids that was fighting back? Put it like this. If you had a foreign army try to invade the United States, could you imagine if they tried to parachute into Chicago? <laughs> Wait a minute. You mean we get to catch a body for free? What? Come on. Mm, Come yeah. on. Who's invading us? Yeah. Gonna, if, if they're going to hit us. And don't go hit to us. the country. 
Yeah. Please no, don't no. go to the country. Come on, you don't want that. They don't. These other countries, they don't want that smoke. Come on, they don't want that smoke. No, no. Mm-hmm. And that, and that's why, and that's why lawmakers don't make gun laws. They don't make comprehensive gun laws. Wow. Yeah, think about it. Just stop for a second and take a, a again, a macro and micro, you know, look at it all. And pull it, it out. It'll, yeah. yeah, it'll make sense. You know what I'm saying? That's why, you know, like when, when people be asking questions, like, how come after all these school shootings and everything like that, you mean to tell me that they, they can't come up with nothing? No, because you know why? You know what I'm saying? You can't take these guns away from these people. And they got people thinking, you know, uh, 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 bright the bare arms. You take it out of my gold, dead, my cold dead hands. Yeah. Right, 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 right. Because you know why? Because ain't nobody going to try to invade this country. And now you're talking about restorative justice or economic justice? No, poverty pimping. It's it's everything you said just stands in the face. It goes. It's in direct conflict with the poverty pimping, and we're talking about a lot of money here. Thank you for listening to the new series of questions you didn't ask. Join me, your host Naisha Frey, and my guest Leo Bridgewater Sr. next week as our conversation in the weeds, health equity, and the cannabis conundrum continues.